Hello and welcome to another episode of New Retirement Thinking. I'm Sumei Zake. Today we're taking a look at um, service providers, in particular looking at how um, one selects them, but also the interaction between them, the company, and the company's employees. And joining me for that conversation is uh, Trevor Taylor. He is Managing Director at Chartered Employee Benefits. Trevor, thank you so much for your time. I want to start off by taking a look at a... Um, a little line that I found on your website and one of the things you guys say is that matching employee needs with the values of the company when it comes to um, benefits is an important aspect. Um, how do you do that though when it comes to retirement? When you interact with an employer you like to think that they have their employees interests at heart. So I mean one of their values is to, if I can use the phrase, their, their human assets to, to look after them. So one of the key elements of that is to provide benefits that are, are meaningful. And I would say, you know, one of the most meaningful benefits that you can provide your staff is what are they going to do after they're no longer working when they retire? That they need some kind of salary to, to live off when they're no longer working. Mm. I mean, we know it's changing where people may contract back and say, but not everyone can do that. So I think from a, a value perspective, if you value your staff now, you can show how much you do that by saying we're going to provide you with a good retirement fund that's efficient and works well so that when you do retire, um, you know, you go off and have maybe the retirement that you deserve. I mean, you work hard for that employer. Mm. So I think, yeah. You, you, you have a lot of conversations with, um, with companies. Are you finding meaningful conversations around making sure that employees have meaningful um, retirement plans for them? Yeah, I, I think in the modern era, especially with social media and, and pressure and so forth, and dare I say it, the, the rise of the millennials as well. Um, there's a push from, from the members, but, but employers have realized that now. Um, I think attraction and retention of, of, of key staff um, is, is driving that process. So when we, when we chat to them now, I would say as opposed to the ticks box approach maybe of 10, 20, 30 years ago, there's definitely more of an interest um, yeah, and, and, and a desire from the employer to assist their employees, yes. Uh, are employees um, really considering retirement packages when they sign up or is it after the fact it's I've now joined um, company X this is what they have to offer okay it's a definitive no because when you're younger you don't think about retirement I'll be frank that that's one of the challenges both we but, but should it be something that that uh, you know I consider before going into into, into something okay if I, if I was joining a business as an employee now I would I mean you think someone would tell you about that but if you weren't aware I'm not sure you would so I'm not sure if there's training at schooling or even at university to think about that. But maybe from your parents or the, those you interact with, we think, we think they should be. should be part of the, the interview process. I definitely wouldn't want to join a business if there was no retirement fund or, or, or medical aid. Mm. Let's look at um, the design of these retirement funds because that's certainly something that you, you're involved, yes. in, involved with. What, what goes into that process when you're discussing with various companies how they should structure these retirement funds? What are the key considerations there? Well, the, there's a, a number of service providers linked to a retirement fund. There's the administrator who has to receive the contributions every month. There's the, the insurance benefits, the ancillary benefits, the group life, disability and, and so forth. And then, of course, the, the investments, which, which is key. So our role when we talk to employers is to try to structure the most efficient manner in doing that, looking at the various providers which are out there in the market, and yeah, finding a, a cost-efficient but also a solution that works for the members. Um, there's a lot of demands out there for flexibility, and you can imagine costs and fees are, 
are a big topic in, in the retirement fund industry. There is big pressure. Mm -hmm. um, it's come from the, the reforms that have been passed down within our industry. Um, Treasury passes comment often. Um, yeah, so there's a big drive in that. So those are all the factors you'd, you'd have to consider when, you, when you're structured. Mm -hmm. And you would run a proper due diligence on the various providers. But I think, yeah, if you have an objective advisor, you can actually put something in place that's in the interest of the members. Um, that, that should work. Yeah, and that's something you're passionate about, having an advisor who's, um, who's objective. Just talk to us a little bit about some of the concerns that come out of that. Okay, well, I could be considered biased. So th thanks for the question. Mm -hmm. But yes, if, if you're able to walk in a room um, and you're not hindered by any relationship with any service provider where you can sit there with an open easel and say, let's design the best structure that we, we can for these members. Our industry ha um, has migrated where we used to have what's called the, the one-stop approach um, where the service provider provided all the benefits from the investments, the actuarial, the insurance and so forth. And sometimes that can work. but. I think with um, an objective view, you can be transparent and show all the fees, have the disclosure, and in some cases, it may be viable to have different service providers for the same retirement fund. Selecting these different service providers, what, what should one be looking at? Um, yeah, I, I think track record, reputation is key, financial stability. Mm. Um, I think it'd be difficult to say, do they care? I mean, everyone professes to. Mm. Um, the relationship we, uh, as an objective advisor, we would look for someone where we, we can see they can deliver what, 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 what the client is, is looking for. And I think costs play a big part. Mm. So I'm, I'm at, it's come to a stage where scale is important as well. If you don't have scale and technology at your means, you're going you're gonna to battle to keep your costs low to service the, the membership. Let's hit pause on the conversation for now. Um, please do join us after the break. I'm chatting to Trevor Taylor, Managing Director of Chartered Employee Benefits. Welcome back. This is New Retirement Thinking. I'm Sameh Zake. With me in studio is Trevor Taylor. He's the Managing Director of Chartered Employee Benefits. We're taking a look at um, service providers, the relationship with the company, and specifically with the employees, and some of the considerations that need to be taken into um, account when looking at selecting um, your service providers and your retirement plan. So, um, Trevor, we're chatting about um, uh, looking at the selection of these service providers, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the relationship between um, the employee in the company and the service providers um, that service that company. Why is it important for me? Why should I care as an employee um, about these service providers that is being selected? Yeah, I mean, as a member, you would like to think the em employer has your, your interest at heart, but it's not often that you get the choice to select that, that service provider that's providing your, you know, your retirement fund. So what we've seen and, and we advise our, our clients to do is have a, um, a management committee um, or a trustee board that um, represents the interests of the members. So often you'll have employer appointed representatives and then members will hold a ballot and, and they'll, they'll select or elect two representatives to sit on their behalf at meetings where choices like this are made. So service providers will come in um, you know, obviously show off their wares. I mean, there's a lot of marketing involved and, and, and so forth. And sometimes they can be influenced through relationships. 
And you as a member would just like to know, am I getting the best deal here? And if you've got someone that's sort of batting on your side, sitting at that decision-making body, um, that might go a long way to assisting with that process. Mm. But there's a lot of apathy from employees, in particular when it comes to these sort of things. Why is that? Why do we struggle with that okay. aspect of things? I, I think, I think you know, as you know, in modern times, life is fast, work is difficult, and you've got enough on your plate. And also, retirement is so distant, especially when you're starting out in your working career. Um, members really only start thinking about it when they're maybe 10, 5 years out from retirement. So unless you go to great lengths to tell people, listen, there's a member educa education session happening today about your retirement fund, um, perhaps you have to lure them with, um, I don't know, maybe drinks or something, or something to make it interesting. They're just not going to go. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us working with the employer to make it attractive to them to come, to come and listen. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know it's meaningful. We understand that we're in the industry, but they don't. I mean, just when something is distant, it creates apathy. What about the impact of, or, or should I say, lack of financial literacy, even in some of the, the bigger, well-known um, companies? How big of a problem is that? We, we, we think that's a big issue, and it goes through all levels in an organization if you're not paying attention to it. So here we are asking people to save more because there is an amount that you should be saving throughout your working career, and it can be quantified. And if you're not aware of that, but you're busy dealing with issues like your own budgeting, I mean, the stats in South Africa are not very good. We don't save well. Mm -hmm. So we kind of need to look at grassroots level. So we have been interacting with organizations that specialize in financial health and wellness, financial literacy training at grassroots level, where they're not preaching to them. They get involved in programs and they assist these people. Garnishy orders and so forth. I mean, you see people on the brink of disaster. And here we are sitting in a session saying, you need to save 15% of your income for the next 30 years of your life to have a decent retirement, but we haven't even dealt with the crucial issues at, at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. So we see, we think that's a big trend going forward. I mean, there is the South African Savings Institute and other initiatives, so I think the industry is aware of it, but we need to push it. C companies, though, um, their role in, in driving this particular aspect? Well, I think they need Lacks. champions. Yeah. Uh, there, there has to be an awareness, and a, and a lot of them do try. But I, I think it has to, you need to appoint champions within the group and they, and they should be um, you know, scored on that. I think it should be part of their KPIs or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're living in changing times, as, as, as everyone likes to, to, to coin the phrase, but I want to look at how retirement plans of the future um, are looking like. Um, because I think a lot of times we are used to option A, option B, option C, and they're very standard across the board, depending on which company you go to. But how are they changing as, as we go along, as you know, we, we live longer, we don't all retire at a particular age? How do you see that changing? Well, you've just raised an excellent point. I mean, the stats out now, I think people are being born now are going to live to 120 or 150, which is quite frightening. So that's going to change the dynamics in the retirement fund industry. So just for interest sake, traditionally, when people get closer to retirement, often they default into a more conservative portfolio they so they don't lose their, their money and their potential retirement value. But if you're going to be living to 90, 100, and you need more, more money when you retire, maybe we need to relook at that. Flexibility, and um, we can't always follow the same um, structures that we always had. Um, the working population is evolving, so is longevity, as you said, and there's more out there. There's disruptors within, within our industry, and wait till the disruptors arrive, and dare I say it, Bitcoin and blockchain and so forth, 
I really believe they'll also have an impact uh, on our industry, where perhaps with scale they may drive down the fees and produce a better outcome for the member. But time will tell. I do think members just want more choice and a say over how their money is invested. Yeah. All right, good place to leave. Thank you so much for your time. That is uh, Trevor Taylor. He is Managing Director of Chartered Employee Benefits. And that's where we leave it for this edition of New Retirement Thinking. Till next time, goodbye.